Good morning, everyone. No, I want to hear that again. Good morning, everyone. How are you? No, I want to hear that again. How are you? How are you? In French, we say voila. Voila. Well, today, as we focus on Christ in Africa, before I say anything, on behalf of uh, Africa and on behalf of every African, I want to take this time to thank you as a nation. I want to take this time and thank you as a church. And I want to take this time and thank you as individual. Because 100 years ago and up to today, you have been sending people to the various parts of the world. Your grandparents, your parents, your forefathers, carrying the gospel. You have been praying, you have been sending money. And it, it happens, we ask ourselves, what really are they doing there? Is the church really picking up? Because there are a lot of wars in Africa. They just kill each other every day. Is, is, what is really happening there? And I want you to know that I am one of the fruits of your prayers. Millions of Africans are coming to Christ. And just, we are here just to let you know that your prayers are not in vain. Your money is not being used in vain. Your church leadership is very faithful and using your money very well. And your forefathers have not traveled around the world in vain. Well, I chose to focus today on this particular verse. Matthew four sixteen, The people sitting in darkness have seen a great light. On the people sitting in the valley of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. I just want you to take, suppose that I ask the technicians to switch every light off, to give you a taste, to give you an image, to give you a picture of what it looks like to be in a darkness. You might not be able to see the person besides you. You might not be able to see the PowerPoint. The computers will be off. So that is a picture of people living in darkness. You don't know where you are. You don't know what you drink. You don't know what you eat because you cannot see anything. Such is the life of a person without Jesus Christ. I don't know, maybe if you are here today and you doubt in, oh, Christ, that is... But that's what your life might look like without this great light. People sitting in darkness. One characteristic of people sitting in darkness is invisibility. You are invisible. People don't know that you are there. You can be in a group, but you, you might be alone. God can see you in the darkness, but you cannot see him. That's why Jesus Christ came. He said, I need to shed some light in the darkness so that people can see, so that people can know 
that God exists. And that is the passion Sarah and I, we got from the Lord. To travel with this light, carry this light to those people in the uttermost part of the world. To let them know that there is light. We can come out of this envelopment. We can come out of this. Life has no meaning for you. As we focus today on Christ and what he's doing in Africa. I just want to give you some testimony where I came from. This is my village, very beautiful, no electricity, no running water, no paved road. And you see the, 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 the houses are so beautiful compared to your houses here. So if there is somebody here in the U.S. complaining every day, oh, why this, why that, I want you to pack your things when you leave the church and go to this village, I think you will like this more than what you have here. Americans, listen to me. The best prayer you can offer Jesus Christ is to say every day, God, I thank you to be born in the U.S. When you say that Jesus Christ understands what you're saying, people living in darkness. This is a well. We have to dip our bucket inside. is 16 meters deep to fetch water before we drink. Look at the walls. I need to change that. This is a school room. This is a classroom. Students, this is a classroom. If you are not happy with your classroom here, pack your things. <laughs> I will take you to Togo. And then you know that you have a school here. We are st still using chalks. We don't have computer. But this is what is most important for me. This was my religion. Where somebody created in the image of God, all powerful God, you have been subjected to something like this, where you lose your identity, you become identityless, where you become a subject, you become object to a religion that suppresses you, that oppresses you, that depersonalizes you. You have no meaning in life. People living in darkness. You see that python was my God. We call him grandfather. Me created in the image of all-powerful God. When I see a python, I have to stop. He's my God. If you can zoom on my face, you'll see there were 10 tribal marks that they use knife, blade, anything that can cut you. They'll make those 10 marks on your face. That's how we identified ourselves to this Python God. People created in the image of God. But one day I went to a church like this one, maybe you are here today, and the pastor was giving this wonderful testimony that one day a light shed in the darkness. Somebody named Jesus Christ came in, and he said, I quote, if you have Jesus Christ in your life, 
You don't need to be making sacrifices to anything anymore because Jesus Christ is the perfect sacrifice God has made for every generation, every nation, every tribe, every language, every America, every Asia, every Africa, every Australia. If you have Jesus in your life, you don't need to be making sacrifices anymore. I said, wait a minute, I want to have that sacrifice. So I went forward. And I gave my life to Jesus Christ. And the passion for evangelism was immediate. I want to see thousands of people coming out of that kingdom of darkness. That's my passion. I'm excited about it. Well, I'm also here to give you the report of what your grandfathers have been doing, what your money is being used for. Church is growing tremendously in Africa. Oh, no, no, let's spend some time there. Nineteenth century, ten percent of Christianity in Africa, and this is after a hundred years of evangelism, of mission work, in such a way that the global mission board came together and say, "Why have we spent all these years in Africa? People being killed, epidemics, diseases. Why, hundred years later, nothing is happening." But today, so proud to tell you that 50% of Africa belongs to Jesus Christ. Yes, just look at the world. Yes, that's what Jesus is doing in the kingdom of darkness. Some people like graphics. That's why I put that there for you. (laughs) Maybe you are a professor of statistics, so you... Well, this is what Jesus Christ is doing in Africa. And I just want to pause here and call on my wife, Sarah, who from the U.S. married somebody from that village. What a great transition just for the cause of the gospel. She will come here and tell you what are the contributing factors to the growth of Christianity in Africa. And mind you, I'll be back here again. Sarah. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, I like those villages, actually. In my recent job with the Jesus Film, I spent a lot of time traveling and visiting um, people who have committed their lives to showing the Jesus Film in remote, remote places of Africa. These are trained Jesus Film workers, local church pastors, local evangelists in Africa, and they carried it, 16-millimeter equipment. Anybody remember what 16-millimeter equipment is? You know, the reel with the movie projector? And they'd take a generator along with them, and they'd have this outdoor showing where 500, 1,000, even up to 3,000 people could watch the film at one time. Um, Today, they have digital equipment. They have a DVD. Now they have SD cards. You know, pretty soon, I don't know what. It'll be in your skin. Um, But technology is changing, but the evangelism is still needed. There are still unreached people groups in remote villages, not only in Africa, but definitely in Asia and South America as well. So I just want to take you to Africa, and this is, we'll start in Togo, you know, it's near and dear to my heart. There's a, the, there's a picture of the idol up on your left, so it's like the other idol, this is the village idol. But this evangelist, this pastor, took the Jesus film with his church and visited this village, and they showed the film. And they found in that village was a little old woman and a little old man who were Christians already, and they would walk quite a distance to go to another village to go to church. So when the Jesus film came and other people in their village 
heard about Christ and became Christians, they donated this land to, plant, to build this little church. Kind of like the school. The church isn't anything to get too excited about. But when, when they first plant it, they just build a thatched roof, and usually they, they bring something to sit on or they put in logs. But these ladies down in the bottom are from a different village in Togo. They, are, they formerly worshipped voodoo as well, voodoo idols or whatever their god is. But when they saw the Jesus film and they began listening to God's word in an audio New Testament as a way of studying the Bible, because you see they can't read or write, God transformed their hearts. They decided as a group of women to hire themselves out. And they worked in the fields and they saved their money and they built this church. Now you can see the contrast between the two churches. This one has iron sheeting on it. These women were radically transformed. And we spent a little time and we asked them, well, can you tell us what you remember from your, you know, your Bible study time? And, and several of them quoted scripture verses. And one of them said to me, Jesus promises that he goes to heaven to prepare a place for me. And that gave her great hope and great comfort in her current situation. So God is at work doing mighty things through the Jesus film, through the audio New Testament. Bonifaz and I also had the privilege of traveling to northern Nigeria. It is not a popular tourist destination. It is also <laughs> under the State Department to not go unless absolutely necessary at this time. At this time. I don't go places where it's not that safe because I want to come back. Um, but we went and we traveled um, to villages across northern Nigeria and we visited these ladies. These women um, would have been animistic, idol-worshipping also, uh, they're surrounded by very strong um, Muslim presence in their state where it's, it's against the law to be a missionary or to share the gospel. But God has been using the Jesus film and the audio New Testament to bring his light to them. And again, these women sitting under the tree are new believers. And someday soon there will be a church there. And in this particular area, the Holy Spirit is at work. There's other places in, in northern Nigeria where you can't do this, where you won't see this kind of response. But at this time, God has chosen these people. And then let me take you to Chad. Again, I'd heard great things about what was happening in Chad, and I wanted to go and see with my own eyes. Again, uh, the, the black box there is a solar-paneled audio New Testament, and this is how they have Bible study. This is how they hear the Word of God. They sit around and they listen to that. This man has seven wives. He was known for drinking and being fond of women. And now he has become a Christian, and he's a member of the church, which is right behind him. And this is his village. Um, it's one of the, the most primitive villages that I have personally been in. Um, while I was in another village in Chad, the pastor who had the audio New Testament player would bring it from his village to this other village. And he would play it and have discipleship time. Um, when he couldn't come to the village, he would send the audio New Testament, and they would play it on Sunday mornings if he couldn't come and preach. And he was so excited. He said, well, when I can't sleep at night, I turn on the audio New Testament and I listen to it. I'm like, wow, that's good. He says, when I fight with my wife, I turn on the audio New Testament player. I'm like, well, that's, that's pretty smart. But then God, the Holy Spirit just said to me, well, what about these other people in this village who, you know, who he comes to bring it to? What do they do in the middle of the night when they can't sleep? And what do they do when, when they have conflict in their family? Why can't how can we get the, the audio New Testament into everyone's hand? So I had a vision of 
maybe there's a way we could get the Jesus film. And I wasn't the only one having this vision at this time, but I had it. And I got into connect. I always jump ahead. All right, here are the statistics of um, what happened in one year in southern Chad. Again, thousands of people seeing the Jesus film, making decisions, 8,000 people in small group discipleship groups, and 46 new churches planted in a year. Again, praise God. This is not what you will see everywhere in Africa all the time. Again, God is moving in a certain way, in a special way, in some of these places. Um, So, back to the phone. So, other people. I got together with a group who belonged to the Kolo group and some people from the Jesus film and some phenomenal engineers um, with a company called High Def. And we all said, what can we do? So, we created, we as a group created this app. And this app is specifically designed just for Africa. Um, It takes the Jesus film and the audio New Testament. So you go to the app and you select, let's say, Ghana. And then when you go to Ghana, it'll list all the languages that are there. This one, we chose Awe, which is Boniface's language. And it'll show you if you can read the Bible in the text, if you can listen to the Bible in the audio New Testament, and then you would get the Faith Comes by Hearing screen if you push the audio And then Jesus Film, it'll show you if there's one Jesus Film or if there's other products in the Awe language. And so God's Word is now available not in a big 16-millimeter projector, not even on a DVD player, but on a phone, on a smartphone. You might be going, okay, Sarah, you're talking about remote African villages. But they have cell phones. And you know those cell phone companies, they're pretty smart. If they stop making the non-smartphones then everyone will have to buy a smartphone. So probably in about two years, there won't be. I mean, everybody will have a smartphone, even in Africa. Africa, you know, some places you wouldn't think of, they have smartphones everywhere, even out in the villages. I don't, you know, I don't know how they charge them, but they, get, they go someplace and they get them charged. Um, but I just want to say that it's not just um, this app. This is a special app for Africa. But I want you to know that there's a Jesus Film app where you can get all 1,100 languages of the Jesus film. So any language that we've recorded on is on your phone. The Audio New Testament comes from an organization called Faith Comes by Hearing. Their app is Bible.is. You can get any language that they've recorded on an Audio New Testament on your phone. The um, version of the Bible, if you do your devotions in that, now we just partnered with them. You can see Jesus film clips that correspond to the passages on your phone. So this technology, God is using technology to make his word more accessible everywhere. Thank you. Thank you. Well, Sarah, thank you. We have cell phones in Africa. 85% coverage of cell phone in Africa. You can Google that. Africa made a high jump in telephone, anything. We don't have landlines. We don't have that. But cell phone, we have them. How do we use them to promote the kingdom of God? This is what the lady is talking about. And I'm so proud of her. She talked about Nigeria, northern. We spent 10 days there in the northern. There are some villages. You have to pass that village before 6 a.m., Otherwise, it might be the last day you have spent on planet Earth. She was there with me. Kano, which is known to be the seed of Islam in in Nigeria, 
I preach in a church. They have 2,000 Christians coming to church every Sunday. God is doing so great, amazing things in Africa. Well, back to this tech. U.S., I want you to celebrate these things. This is your brain. This is your money. This is your thinking. So forget about politicians. There are things we can be proud about in America. Well, yeah. Let the Congress people congressize. <laughs> yes, this is America. This is America. Celebrate this. The result of the growth of church around the globe, you have contributed to that. It's something we have to celebrate. Thank you, Sarah. Now, in the beginning, God created heaven and earth. This is how he designed Africa. And your church is so good in tune with me. When I came, I could see this picture on some slides there on the screen. So you are in a very good church. They know what they're doing. This is how God created Africa. So the question is, what is happening in Africa? Why is Africa the way Africa is? Wars, tribal wars, killing, this and that. No cleaning water. What is happening in Africa? They have diamond. They have gold. You know, your cell phones, Colton, that is used to fabricate your cell phone, DRC is the first world producer of Colton. It's coming from there. What is happening in Africa? Now, when we go back to our verse, Matthew 4, 16, people living in darkness, people sitting in the valley of shadow of death. You know, I'm not, I didn't read psychology, but sitting means that you are not moving. Am I right? Sitting means Nothing is going on with you. Am I right? Seeding means there is something weighing on you. No evolution. No development. Instead of development, you have envelopment. This is the problem. And any professor of agriculture or electricity or whatever, you agree with me that for our crops to grow, for our wheat to grow, for anything to grow, we need the sunlight for photosynthesis. Am I right? At least I get that right. (laughs) This is what Jesus is talking about. For a culture, for a people group to develop, they need that vertical light to come into the culture, to redeem the culture, to redeem the thinking. This is what Jesus is talking about. And actually, this is Jesus' first message. People sitting in darkness. A light should come. I don't know if you you could see this with me. Close somebody in the darkness for a long time, and just choose one day to go there and switch on the light. What you see is the person will jump up and say, what is happening? Because the person has never seen a light. This is what is happening. That's why we need to send missionaries to tell them, no, the light is good for you. It's not scary. People sitting in the valley of shadow of death. I told in the first service, You see, everywhere you go, your shadow follows you. Am I right? 
So when Jesus is saying people sitting in the valley of shadow of death is people sitting in darkness everywhere they go, what follows them is death. Everywhere they go, what follows them is death. The spirit of death. Economy is dead. Agriculture is dead. Politics is dead. Family life is dead. Because what promotes that region, the governor of the region is death. Where do we move from here? You have heard of Islam. Well, I just put that picture there for a purpose. Listen to me, America. The founder of Christianity, Jesus Christ, His Excellency, Mr. Jesus Christ, said, I will build my church, and the gates of hell can never prevail against it. And Jesus means business. Islam cannot stop Christianity. I want you to know that. Iran cannot stop Christianity. I want you to know that. North Korea, with all the missiles threatening everything, can never stop Christianity because the founder of Christianity has all those powers in his hand. I will build my church. I have a reason to say that. In 1910, for 11.7 million Christians, we had 40 million Muslims. That's a huge difference. Why should we be scary about that? 2010, four times the growth of church. We are not scared. Christianity disappeared in the northern Africa for these reasons. Muslim or Islam is not the only reason. These are the facts about Africa. My wife told me that I went so fast in the first, uh, ah, she's making signs again, pause, pause, pause. <laughs> 22% Muslim, 35 Christian, 41 traditional religion. Can I move now? <laughs> we need to send missionaries. We need to pray. As you want to pause here, we have a small video, and I, I will come back again if I have time. Five minutes video, 300 new persons are born, while 200 people died without knowing Christ. I know your church is very, very intentional about mission. You guys pray. You guys give. You guys go. What is your personal commitment to the finishing of the Great Commission? Are you passionate? Are you being driven to see the kingdom of God being extended Everywhere around the globe. 200 people died in five minutes without knowing Christ. Heaven is not happy. People sitting in darkness. Invisible. But God wants somebody to go. 
Thank you for your support. Thank you for your prayer. And you have uh, Robbie and Stephanie going to Rwanda. Please, dump your money on them. And let them go. And may God bless you. Wow. Thanks, Boniface. Thanks, Sarah. Hey, can we pray for you guys? Would that be all right? Come on up. You guys know what to do. Let's, uh... We have our table out. If you want to hear more about what we do, you want to be on a mailing list, you can come and we have time to chat. Thank you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Come on up and let's, uh, let's pray for Boniface and Sarah.